0: Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Code of Conduct. Heavy
1: is the head that wears the crown. Crown. I put in extra work that just can't be found. I took the sword out the stone, wasn't a thing. Look me in my eyes, cause I'm a, king. I'm a king. Look me in my eyes, cause I'm a king. Yeah. king. God made me punch in inaccurate accurate numbers yeah. My castle won't crumble nah. What I tackle will fumble yeah. I've been a leader when they ain't see it But now my feet up. up according to me Royalty didn't end with king touch nah. Crown on my head, clouds is at my legs yeah. Big says sky is the limit I look down on the legs the I push the bar like I'm opening a cell Hands in my cookie jar You won't come out with a single nail you I come. need all of mine The weight of my shoulders won't fit on a scale What's a king to a giant? What? Well, Goliath fell this king can't be checked I make all my moves on the board I invented my steps uh-huh. I'm a king, the blood of a ruler I feel like man Musa. Musa Make your squad disappear Like landing by the Bermuda <laughs> Triangle, look at it from my angle I'm a king, the closest thing to being One of God's angels, I'm yeah. a king Heavy is the head that wears the crown. crown I put in extra work that just can't be found work. I took the sword out the stone Wasn't a thing Look me in my eyes cause I'm a king, I'm a king. Look me in my eyes, cause I'm
2: a king, king. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. This is the Code of Conduct with the King podcast. I am your host, Jay Spencer King. And this is happening on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network, presented by Picasso Pizza. Y'all need to treat yourselves to the most flavorful pizza on game day in Buffalo. Picasso's We Are Pizza, shipping locally and nationwide. Order online at PicassoPizza.net. What is going on, Bill's Mafia? Y'all already know where I'm at. Y'all know how I'm feeling. Y'all know how, I, listen, you know what? I, I was going to do this whole thing. I'm going to just bring my boys in and I'm going to talk stuff. I'm gonna, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to just bring my boys in. Normally I do a whole monologue. I ain't even tell them. I just got amped just that quick. Yo, I got my man Rashad with me. I got my man Jason with me and they represent two of the, bo- to me, in my opinion, two of the dopest fan bases that aren't the Bills. So that's why I love these brothers so much. Rashad, what's up, man?
3: How you doing, man? Absolutely honored to be here. I'm hyped to talk week one with you. Congratulations on picking up that dub. Uh, Jason, I can't say the same. Literally
4: stole the words from my mouth. I am, I am dubless on this panel. I am the one that is sitting here without a win on this panel. And I'm the only one with a loss.
2: Wait a minute. Wait a minute. He shot, I mean... Oh. It's, You're not not the only one a win. it's not it's a loss. loss. It's not a loss. It's, it's not, not a what loss. It's not a loss.
4: So that's what I should have said. You yeah. know, I'm the only one holding the L on this one, and the Bears fans have been giving it to us, man. Like, yeah, they are not <laughs> stopping on Tuesday <laughs> the 13th either.
2: I don't think the Bears are going to let that down because it's, it's probably going to be the biggest win of their year. You know, so for everybody who's listening by podcast form, if you're not watching, in case you can't tell, Jason is a fan and he also is a contributor uh, for the team that we call the 49ers. And he is he's one of the best. I call him a beast as a content creator. My man shot. I, I, ha- I see his article, so I haven't seen much of his pod. I can promise you he's probably just as good. So this is the all star cast tonight. Y'all going to be blessed on this episode of Code of Conduct. We're going to get right into it. The first topic I want to talk about before we get into the games, we had a bunch of good games over the weekend we had some bad ones too but first um before coming on i actually was kind of busy today so i didn't get to really catch up until right before the show and i looked at the twitter timeline i'm looking at stuff and i read this article about brett favre and i i talk about everything on the show i know you know i mean like brett favre is still football to me so i'm gonna talk about it so apparently um his daughter goes to his alma mater and she plays i believe volleyball he was looking to build the state-of-the-art facility for the volleyball team at his school. Long story short, I'm not going to make this dramatic. He took public funding, or he was trying – I don't know. I didn't thoroughly read the, the story, so I don't want to say he took it. He was trying very hard, and the governor was on board, and there were some text messages that now were leaked that shows that Brett Favre was trying to get federal funding tor- for people who are, you know, less fortunate, basically. You're talking about – um welfare you're talking about whatever whatever funding however you want to word it is the funding for those who don't have and he took that and wanted it to be reallocated for funding for a school stadium or a school facility let's start with shot on this man how you feel about that oh man yeah
3: i scrolled uh i saw it on my timeline and i scrolled through it i only glanced at it i wasn't able to really dive in deep and see what happened when i saw it was up to five million dollars in in welfare funds and the text message was actually out and leaked and proven between him and the governor. That's disgusting, man. That, that is despicable. Like it's, it's not the fact that it's a guy that has made enough money in his career that could have did this on do his own channels. But the fact that the people you're taking this from and the hindrance that you're doing and the damage you're doing to these neighborhoods and to these people that really need this is disgusting, man. I, I just expected better from Brett. I, I don't know why. But, you know, sometimes you admire these players as players and that spill over to how you look at them as a person. But sometimes it's two completely different things. I have tremendous respect for who Brett Favre is on the field. But off the field, I have no respect, zero tolerance for anything like that. I, I come from one of those neighborhoods, you know, where yeah. where my mom was was struggling and was on welfare when I was was a little kid. So I definitely can relate to situations like this. And I see stuff that happens all the time with corrupt government. But to see it from Brett Favre, man, that's that's disgusting.
2: Man, you know what, when you say that, and obviously, I feel like a lot of us, um, and, and not just on podcasting and stuff like that, but a lot of us kind of we work our way out of whatever situation we were born in, and we work our way. And so and, and same thing like you, man, my dad, man, so I got three siblings, my father used to ride his bike. I know y'all don't know Buffalo, but he used to ride his bike from work to work from the east side, he would drive all the way over to like Elmwood and it's basically like a depending on the traffic that day it's, it's a drive. He would ride his bike even in the winter because we just didn't have. So now to see where things – when you hear stuff like that, like this dude, Brett Fire who has played and had millions and millions and millions, and and even if he doesn't have the millions, he's Brett Favre. If He could literally be like, you know what, let's have this fundraising event. Let me call some of my good football buddies and my old buddies from wherever, and let's just have a good old-fashioned fundraiser. We can raise these funds, and then you choose to do it this way. I, I'm with you. Lose all respect. He was my favorite. Like, he was my GOAT – not best player of all time, but, like, my favorite player – Uh, You know, he was my favorite quarterback before Josh. You know, like it just didn't make sense. Jason, how you feel about it, man?
4: Yeah, it's you know, everybody's fooled by the Wrangler commercials and everything. And and I think that you nailed it on the head. You can call some of your football friends. Trust me, you can call favors in from people who aren't necessarily people who play football, who are in football, higher ranking officials. And you could have got that five million dollars easy. You could have had some guy perform at a dinner or something like that. You know, the thing is, is that this has been whispered about. For years, and and I don't know what has really brought on the aggressiveness of this to be growing as as it has as quickly as it has, because in 2020, Brett Favre was asked and said, "I've never met the governor or never talked with the the governor about this," and you know the text messages show that that's completely false. So mm-hmm. when it comes to this, it's it's Brett Favre being incredibly selfish and wanting the quickest way to do it, but then in the text messages you read. Well, you know, we I hear, I hear he's like, I can't have anybody know that. Will the media know is what it was one of the things that he was asking. So you knew exactly how this was going to look and how it was going to be framed. It wasn't like, oh, they said it was this or it was this. You're not even going to use mm-hmm. that one now because mm-hmm. you literally said, can the media find out? And and the response back was, I understand that you're uneasy. Strike two. So that means you <laughs> on the other side, you get that, too. This is this is a a blatant misappropriation of funds that again take away from every single person that needs it man and it's really really sad because if this was someone else who wasn't a football player who has the resources to get other other people on board to do like a quick fundraising like you mentioned i don't want to say that you feel better about it but it makes you look worse because you literally can do things like that some people might not be able to so again you know, mm-hmm. we have people doing the PP loan thing and like, you know, like, like at times thing people are going to do things like that. But for it to be someone who can raise that money in the blink by just showing up in a in a jacket and, and a and a shirt open, that's it. Like, like it, it makes it worse. And then when you read these messages and there's so much about them both knowing what was what they exactly were doing. It just it, it doesn't feel good at all.
2: And see, the point that you just made there is like, you know, when you gotta sneak or when you when you're no like when you're asking from the jump, like, well, what is get out? <laughs> you know, like I used to know in high school, like if I'm about to skip school or something, like if I know, okay, wait, I cover my grounds like is my mom's gonna be at the crib or she go, you know, like and that's what he was doing in the text. Like, so is the media gonna find out about this? I don't want it to and it's like, come on, man, now you've been you've been lying. You've been saying, no, that absolutely didn't happen. I didn't have these conversations. And now it's, it's right there in black and white or blue and white. What, you know, this is a screenshot. So whatever. And it's just it's frustrating, man, when you, when you see these type of things. But we can move on. I just had to ask, you know, I wanted to start off with that. But let's let's get to football. Let's get to football. Um, obviously, everybody see I'm wearing my trade day because we was in L.A. You know what I'm saying? So my shout out to Dr. Dre. He was in the building as well. So instead of it being Dre Day, we're going to talk about the trade, even though trade didn't play. Uh, my buffalo bills started the season off in a dominating fashion i'm gonna let y'all talk about it because if i talk about it it might sound real arrogant and i don't want to be arrogant so so jason let's let's start with you first then we'll swing it to, to Shia. we'll go that way
4: Everybody take your victory one lap. The Buffalo Bills are on their way to the Super Bowl, man. I mean, they, they were the trendy pick for a reason. You, you kind of saw the ascension. You know, again, I don't want to bring up painful memories for you guys, but Josh Allen played the best football game I've ever seen him play in the AFC Championship. We know how much time was left and we know what happened. So it's clear that you could see this happening. Really walked away impressed with first-time play caller and 49er legend Ken Dorsey. And that was some, some of the things that he was drawing up, I really thought were impactful in terms of the Gabe Davis touchdown. Was a straight up, you know, pass block real quick and then get off of that thing. And, 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 you know, Josh floated in there a little bit of a harder throw than I think people realize. I will tell you this it's exactly what, oh, well, I won't say exactly because the Rams shouldn't have scored any points in this game, really. You know, and, and I think they've got a, they've got a bigger issue than they're letting on, especially after there was a story out there that the Rams would have been all over Jimmy Garoppolo. What does that tell you about the state of their quarterback's arm? Does that mean that they feel good about that? I mean, yeah, he's a very good backup, but I don't think you need Jimmy Garoppolo for your Stafford. I mean, and the Rams, but. You're right. Yeah, but at the same time, it's Josh Allen ascending, playing like a monster right now in this league, man. I mean, doing whatever he wants. is his world. Everybody is just living in it. The play that impressed me the most, you know, everybody's going to see the, the deep post to Gabe Davis. But I was so ready to like watch the, the All-22 when we finally got it um, right after the game oh, my goodness, that Stephon Diggs throw, that back shoulder throw, that is so – what about it is mm. Diggs gets two steps out of his release and the ball is out. And the ball's out already. And that's Jalen mm. Ramsey also, by the way. By the way, Jalen Ramsey, get Toast. work. Toast. Uh, but, <laughs> but it's it shows the elite timing and what how good Stefan Diggs is and where Josh Allen is. I mean, that thing was out, breathtaking. That is the type of quarterbacking that's all world. And you, you can try to teach that. And you can try to learn that over years. Josh has. But I, not everybody's going to be able to do that, man. And that's the throw that I walked away with. Like, damn, man, unbelievable. Like, he's just playing at a different level right now.
2: MVP favorite after week one. Just hooking into my veins, Jason. Just just in my <laughs> veins, man. Just <laughs> just give it right there. Go ahead, shot. go ahead, Go ahead, <laughs> Y'all deserve it, man. Yeah, man. Y'all put on a heck of a show. Uh,
3: I was thoroughly impressed. You know, uh, we, we played each other in the preseason, so I got to – a, a little bit of a glimpse at, at you guys, young corners, uh, Kyrie Elam and Christian Bedford. Uh, those guys played phenomenal, man. I wasn't expecting I didn't know how it would look in the regular season. I knew it was going to get tested out the gate. I mean, Cooper Cup did what Cooper Cup does, but it, it's very few people that could prevent that. The way the Rams move him all around, it, it's hard, you know, to roll coverages and everything to him every play, but. Those guys were impressive. The young guys, they came out, they played. I was nervous about Trey not playing for you guys. I thought that would be the Achilles heel. Your safeties once again showing why they're the best safety tandem in the NFL, in my humble opinion. Uh, Tremaine filled well in, in the run game. I was impressed with him. And the pass rush came in waves, man. Like,
2: they came wait, in wait, wait. waves. Hold on. can I can I, I? just want to I'll let you finish. Keep your notes where you at. The pass rush okay. came in waves. You said, what about Tremaine? You said something about Tremaine Edmonds. I thought I heard you say something about my dog. Yeah, I
3: did. I say he filled well in the run game. He was there. Oh, okay. 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 I just want yeah. to make go ahead. Go ahead. You, so you gave oh, a couple, oh, sure. man? I
2: mean he did good, yeah. right? He's a
4: okay. Oh, wait. this is for
2: Bill's Mafia. I love it. He, he stopped like he was just like, What, man? Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was really Krabil's was confused. Mafia. Okay. Yeah, no, oh. you good? It was a, it was a insider. Okay. Because everybody apparently feels like Tremaine Edmonds is overrated. They feels like he's not a good linebacker. They feel really there's a good portion of Bills Mafia who wouldn't mind moving on from him. And I'm like, y'all crazy as all hell. Like you don't move on from a Tremaine Edmonds at this point of his career, multiple multiple time Pro Bowl. I'll let you finish cooking. Go ahead. Go ahead. Cook. cook, cook. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, unless there's a clear
3: upgrade, which. uh Maybe a handful of people in the, in the entire league. I, I just couldn't see. I just couldn't see it. Um, but it. anyway, the pass rush man, uh, Vine is is what's the missing piece. I know he, that's what he was pegged as as being bought in. You know, along with with your young secondary that you guys bought in as well. But Vine, he took no boom to the woodshed, man. He he beat him bad. He beat him early and he beat him often. Uh, Gregory Russo um, making plays. I just love you guys defensive line as a whole the tackles played well uh, extremely stout against the run the rams was looking for answers all night man i just wanted to touch on the defense because jason hit so well on what the offense did and and how well josh josh allen played i just couldn't give josh allen any more praise here man because he he was phenomenal
4: no, and you, and you hit on the guy that I wanted to talk about on the defense, man, because have y'all seen Allen Robinson? I didn't see him. And when you look back on the film, there was no separation. And look, uh, you, you're you not going to find a bigger Allen Robinson fan than myself right here. I hated that move for the Rams. Like, I couldn't believe it. I was just like, they are literally moving on from Odell Beckham and getting Allen Robinson, who continues to be one of the most underrated guys in this league. But it was Clamps. It was Clamps. He had no separation. That's why you didn't see him all game.
2: And he's a good receiver. I'm on okay. your team when it when it comes to that, Jason. So so Joe Miller and I, who do the Hump Day Hotline on Wednesdays, we had a discussion a couple of weeks ago, and he and he actually said he was like, "Is he is he that good?" And I was like, "I think he is." Like in Chicago, he might not have had the consistent quarterback play, but I think he's that good. He didn't look like it last Thursday. He absolutely did not like the bills. No, it, we did a good job. We absolutely did a good job.
3: It was shocking too because Allen Robinson, you know, he's such a a big physical guy. He's a he's a great contested catch guy. So I thought yeah. when Matt Stafford got him, you know, I compare him similar to Kenny Galladay as far as being a bigger guy that goes up and catch and make contested plays all of the time. There was no there wasn't even opportunities for that in that game Thursday, man. And I was shocked at the way they used them. They tried to run a bunch of bunch formations with him isolated on the other side as the true X. It just didn't work, man. It was strapped yeah. the entire game.
2: And, and you know what, the, the one thing that going into the game, I wasn't so this is the first time and it's like I can be honest about it. This is the first time besides like when we play like the Dolphins or the Jets, you know, like this is the first time I'm not nervous going into a game. And it was it was defending Super Bowl champions. So getting there, my the, the only thing that I had a question about was like, how's this defensive line going to hold up against the run? Like I, we got to the quarterback. We we like before it was like, OK. We're putting pressure, but we're not getting to the quarterback. Obviously, want wanted to get to the quarterback, but, but my thing was the run. Obviously, last season, you remember how Jonathan Taylor ran all, all over the Bills. Um, the games that we lost for the big part were when we got ran over like that. Derek Henry, Jonathan Taylor. Um, I don't count the Patriots game the same way as others just because they couldn't throw it. So, like, they literally ran every right, play. Yeah. So, I feel like if you run it 80 times, uh, the, the chances of you breaking one or two of them just kind of happens. So, I, I wasn't mad at it. I just wish that. Like, we had the same aggressiveness in the run game to run Josh Allen. Like, run him. Like, we got But anyway, that's not the point. The point is the the defensive line have taken a step forward, like you mentioned, but also in the run game. Like, we were so stingy. Cam Akers, literally, if you had him on your fantasy team, sorry, sucks to be you. He had zero points. And three three carries.
4: Three carries. He had as as many yards as
2: Rashad, myself, and (laughs) Jason. We all (laughs) had the same amount of yards. I had just that's as right. many. You're right. What you know? What though? In his defense, he had more yards than Reggie Bush's last year in Buffalo. Just saying. Wow. In his defense, Reggie Bush oh, had negative right. three Oh, that's
1: right. It went negative three. Year. Right. Oh my <laughs>
2: goodness, man. You're always gonna have that stat to throw out there. You gotta <laughs> throw it out there. I got I mean, that's just me trying to help Cam makers out a little bit. I'm sorry, little bit. Now,
4: <laughs> wait. I wow. got more. I got more yards than than a Heisman winner, man. I, you know Frax. what, man? Yeah, yeah that's true. My, my, my wife ain't making me throw out the garbage tonight. Get out of here. <laughs> she said it's over
2: for <laughs> that. No, it's over for that. You know I got more yards than Reggie Bush in a year, man. Stop it. It's over. So, well, let's move on, though, because like, like I said, around the league, you know, I could talk Buffalo at night, you know, obviously, but let's talk, let's talk some other games. Uh, let, let's start off with your Colts, man. Like that was a shocker to me. That was a shocker to the, the fact that, um, a, it was a tie week one in general, but but not even that. I just, I just seriously felt like um, Matt Ryan would would really be. He had moments where I did feel like he was an upgrade for your team at quarterback. But I felt like Matt Ryan with that line, with that running game, with that, like I just I just felt like it wasn't even going to be a close game. What happened?
3: Missed opportunities, man. Shot shot ourselves in the foot, uh, scored on two out of five red zone possessions. Uh bad pass interference calls. Both, both of the Texans touchdowns came off long pass interference calls by Pro Bowler Kenny Moore. Uh it We just didn't look like ourselves, man. And I don't know if it was due to week one, but the first three quarters, we just got dominated. Offsides, penalties, holding calls. We just wasn't ourselves. Frank Wright got a little cute with play calling a couple of those times. We moved the ball. We had over 500 yards in total offense. Matt Ryan threw for 150. Taylor had 161. Michael Pittman had had 100 yards. I mean, those guys were themselves. It just was the the self-inflicted wounds that just wouldn't allow us to to blow this game out, because this really shouldn't have been close. Last year, we played the Texans twice, obviously, as division foes, and we beat them a combined 62-3. to So, you know, we was expecting something along those lines this year. And, 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 man, and and like I say, and I must mention on here, I I don't know if you guys know, but the Colts haven't won a week one game since
2: 2013. Wow. That's not good. That's not good. You know, you starting off you're starting off in a hole. You know what I mean? And and with this game being a divisional game, obviously a tie isn't as bad as a loss, but you, you just don't and it's the Texans, man. Like yeah, I I feel what, for y'all, really. Yeah.
3: That's what makes yeah. it worse. Yeah. And we have missed field goals as well. I forgot about missed field goal in overtime that could have wanted a 42 yarder. Uh that kicker has been cut today. And we just signed uh Chase McLaughlin to be our to be our new kicker. We'll see how that goes. Uh a legend.
4: For, <laughs> He, paid, he, he kicked for the Niners in 2019 in a one game against Seattle um, that, uh, that Robbie Gold missed. And he missed uh, two kicks, uh, one that would have won the game as well, too. So, I mean, not, but, but to be fair, Shot, and I'm going to let you get back because I, I didn't mean to cut you off. He was actually really good when he was with Cleveland the last time. Oh, man,
3: thanks. I, I, thanks, for, <laughs> thanks for the vote of confidence, you know? Like, I, I'm so excited. I'm so happy to have him here. Uh, but, now we have a game in Jacksonville upcoming this weekend. Uh, Jacksonville, we haven't won in Jacksonville in, since 2014. So, it ought to be interesting. It, we just got terrible luck yeah. within our division, man. I don't know what – the Colts are cursed when it
2: comes to the Texans and the Jaguars for some reason. It's just wild to me. And, and I mean, going down there – But you know what? Playing against the Texans, I feel the same way about y'all getting ready to play against the Jaguars. I feel like it just shouldn't be close. I feel like Jonathan Taylor should, you know, like that dude should have 200 yards and three touchdowns every week against those those teams. But and then, like I said, Matty Ice. So I I speak often about the respect that I feel like you should have for the Colts. And this is why. Um, Obviously, it's a different team every year, but two years ago in the playoffs, the Colts absolutely could have beat the Buffalo Bills if they had a better quarterback. Last year, the Buffalo Bills lost to the Colts during the season. They ran all over us because our run defense wasn't right. So when I look at that, those two things, it's like, look, they have a good defense. They have the right type of weapons. Like, you might not – like, no, it, do you have Stephon Diggs or do you have Devontae Adams? No, you don't have the big-name right. guy like that. But can those guys get it done? Absolutely. So, you know, I just I just feel like things should, should have – I don't know. I feel for y'all, man. Jason, what were your thoughts on that? Did you get a chance to kind of catch up on that game?
4: Yeah, I did. Uh, You know, after after watching the the crap game that I'm going to talk about with the 49ers, I had to watch (laughs) somebody else, man. I'm going to see some other things. So, um, yeah. Um, But yeah, um, you know, you talked about self-inflicted wounds. You talk about week one, all of those things. It sounds like I'm literally going to start to say some of those same exact things. But you know, it the divisional games are always like that, and and it doesn't really matter the gap in the roster, right? Because you look at the Texans, you look at the Colts, and you say, hey, this isn't close. But it's it's the division games; they're always weird like that. They're always going to be up and down. I mean, it, it's it is week one. This is going to be the weirdest week of the season. We're going to look at a team mm-hmm. that is one to zero right now, and literally four weeks later, say. They're completely cooked, and they haven't won a game since. I mean, the Seattle Seattle, Seattle Seahawks just beat Russell Wilson. You know, like, like there's been some strange things happening. It was almost two ties this week. And it, it for me, it, it's going to be fine for them, I think. You know, it's really good to see Michael Pittman breaking out because I, I think yeah. that he's somebody that it just gets a little bit left behind when you talk about the receivers. Like, everybody talks about Higgins and all those other guys. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you forget about Michael Pittman, and now he's going to get to play with his best quarterback. I have a question, though, Jay Spence. What did Philip Rivers do when he woke up this morning to catch a stray at uh, you know twenty three minutes into your podcast, man? Talking about they needed if they would have had a better quarterback, man.
2: I mean. Well- the way I said it, I wasn't actually trying to take it, like take a shot at him. I was sh- just being honest. If I wanted to take a shot at him, I could say if they had a quarterback with a stronger arm, oh. I could say he threw the ball that held Mary and it died before it got to his destination. I could talk about how Philip Rivers probably got, you know, better talent as far as quarterback play with one of his kids than he has at this point. I don't know. He got 14 kids. I'm sure one of them got a stronger arm than him. I don't know. I wasn't talking bad, though. I You know. <laughs>
4: philip Rivers is off somewhere right now, <laughs> taking care of his
2: kids, he and he, his, and he's like, "What did I do, man? How am I? Why am I getting cooked? Did I, I didn't, even, I didn't even do anything, man." No, I, I actually, I like, I like Phillip Rivers, but it, I it, you too. could just see it that last year, you could literally just see how his arm was just like not what it was, and and that hail mary play, like that the last play of the game when yeah. I believe it was Poyer or may, maybe michael Hyde that knocked it down, it was just like, "Why you even try that, man? Y'all probably yeah. would have been better off like." Pitching it to, to Taylor and seeing if he could run through everybody. <laughs> it, it was just, just you know a, what I mean? Like it was a better yeah. shot.
3: Phillip Rivers, that last year was was all mental, you know, processing mm-hmm. at, at yeah. an elite level, but the arm strength pushing the ball down the field was totally non existent. Yeah. And, and the kicker we waved today also missed the field goal in that Buffalo game.
4: I'm um, sorry for Rodrigo Blankenship. I like his name. I like his look. It's really cool or whatever. But the one glasses. thing I'm going to say, yeah, the glasses and everything. But one thing I'll say about the Colts is, I do believe, I do really think that they're coached well. And I think that, you know, saying, you know, exactly they haven't won a a week one game since 2013. But then you literally talk about how they knocked off a a playoff team last year, a a team that was in the AFC Championship the year before, played them and and, and almost had a chance in those playoff games. I think you're going to be fine when it comes to that, especially when, you know, Matt Ryan is going to be just that veteran guy. Like a lot of people give him, you know, crap. And and I think that he doesn't deserve all of it, you know. And I think that sometimes he gets unfairly bashed. But yeah, I mean, again, week one. You know, unless this game boils down to something where you miss out on the playoffs by one game, you may look back at this game and say, man, you really should have had that one. But ultimately, I don't think that, you know, you guys should be worried in any way. But it is frustrating when you shoot yourself in the foot, like you said, you know.
2: Yeah, it, it, it's, it, it's just incredible to me. Like, it's, it, not even just the shooting yourself in the foot part, because you're right. Like, the team is well coached. The team is well. Like, they have everything set up. The thing is, it's the luck. Because, I, I honestly, I feel like, like he just mentioned, with the Texans, there's just no way possible. You look on paper and it's like they don't lose to the Texans. You just don't imagine that they don't imagine tie into the Texans. It's just luck. I, I cause there's it, nothing it, that it, you're gonna make me believe that, that they outprepared the, the Colts.
3: It's literally the luck, Andrew. Yeah. Luck. Okay. Oh uh, I knew Touche. it. I knew I knew Touche. we were Touche. going there. I knew it. Yeah, pun intended. I just had to I just had to get it out. You know, I just had All to get pun it out. Intended. <laughs>
2: Yeah, man, somebody we'll, we'll actually fine, posted. Though. I'm trying to think of who it was. It was somebody like a big name person that we would all know. Um, they posted, like, you know, well, if the Colts still had luck, they probably would have had two Super Bowls by now. How do you do, do you, like, as a Colts fan, how do you feel about that statement? Like, do you think that that's somewhat accurate? Uh, no,
3: no, I don't. Uh, two getting two Super Bowls in a short period of time like that with luck's been going, I believe, three seasons now, four seasons. Yeah, Brissett, Rivers, Carson Wentz, and now Matt Ryan. Yeah. So four seasons. There's no way we would have won two Super Bowls in four seasons. Like I mean, the furthest we got with Luck was, was the AFC Championship game. Uh, I do believe the coach roster is a lot better now without Andrew Luck, but some of that's due to Andrew Luck not being there. No, you being right. you getting early draft picks and having more capital to spend in free agency and bring players in. So I can't just say that. I do think we'll be we, we would be elite, you know, uh, I always say to be one of those teams, you got to have a guy, you know, like Josh Allen, like Justin Herbert, like Patrick Mahomes. So I do think Andrew Luck was one of those type talents and, and would have had us in the thick of things, but to say two Super Bowls, that's a bit far-fetched. That's,
2: and that's how I took it. That's how I, t- I loved, I loved him. I actually lived in Indianapolis when he was um, drafting and he was the quarterback there. And then um, like, I lived there from, what, it was 12 to like 17 or 12, to, something like that. And it was one of those things where, um, even afterwards, like just the way everything played out, the way they booed him. Um, I know how, I know how to, you know, some people talk about it and some others feel differently. But for me, it's just like, you know, these guys put their bodies on the line. And at some point it's like, if somebody makes a decision for themselves and their families, I just don't understand how anybody in any position can say, I can't respect that. You know what I mean? Like, but we don't have to hash rehash old memories Please. and feelings for you. I know that hurts. You know that probably hurts you more than the 13 seconds for me because I feel like Josh is gonna get us back. So I apologize. <laughs> well, and, I apologize. and then you know the weirdest thing that
4: I saw too is, and I think this is probably what you're missing, Rashad. And I think this is your your, your team didn't think this one through. Had to be a ghost game. Where was T Y Hilton? I. It's so strange to not see T Y Hilton put up 200 yards on the Texans. It I'm is. watching the all to way too, and I'm like, where? I'm like, where's T Y man? Like, like it, it's yeah. literally and and literally remember. He showed up the one time with the clown mask. He would give them the work every single time that he was out there, man. So it, it's a little jarring to see not see TY out there.
3: TY is the owner of NRG Stadium. I mean, like it, it's it's set he's a top five receiver in NRG stadium history. So just to show you how ridiculous that is, you know, he he's he's top five in that stadium in total receiving yards, including Texans players, by the way.
2: You know how annoying of a stat that is? Like, if I can relate that to Bills. So for Bills fans listening by pod or people that's watching the show, you know how annoying of a stat that is? That's like how Tom Brady had more wins than any quarterback as a bu- in, in Bills Stadium up until recently when Josh overtook that. For a long time. I'm not talking about Jim Kelly. I'm talking about, like, since he's, right. since Jim has been playing, he had more wins in our stadium than any of our quarterbacks. And it was just, dude, it was so frustrating and annoying to even think that that could possibly be a stat. That makes sense. Like he, but it made sense. I never knew that. He destroyed us. Way. Wow, uh, they destroyed crazy. us, man. They destroyed us. And it just ain't even cool. 17 years. It ain't like that now, though. Oh, sorry. oh no, that's all. Oh no, yeah, 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 no,
4: yeah. It, it, it ain't like that now,
2: though. They had a, yeah. they had a poor showing. Oh, we're gonna get there. Let's talk about your team first, though. Let's we're gonna get there. So y'all have, we have now to? we can make <laughs> it brief if you'd like. No, no, no. It's cool, it's cool, it's cool. <laughs> so the Bears and the 49ers played in the monsoon, and it was like it was not good. It was not good. I text you before the game. I'm like, man, I just hope y'all get out of there healthy. Like I, I didn't care about which team won or lost. It, to me, it was like, get out of there healthy. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about your team. Yeah.
4: I just wanted both teams to have fun um, more than anything. And it didn't look like they have fun. Like football in that, in that weather is never going to be judged properly. You can never walk away with any real evaluations. And you're always going to have to factor that in when you think about that. Having said that, and I'm just going to start with the quarterback, because that's what everybody wants to hear about. That's what I expect from Trey Lance when it's a dome, when it's 100 degrees, when it's 70 degrees, when it's not raining, anything like that. Like, that's the that's what you're going to get, at least in his first year, while you wait for the development to happen. And, you know, 49er fans have kind of tricked themselves a little bit by saying the right things all offseason, but already jumping out the window from the preseason. And then, you know, bringing back Jimmy Garoppolo's got all those people like, oh, they don't trust eh, uh, That's a whole other subject. But what you saw from Trey Lance is, is really what it's going to be going forward. And... That's it. But 49 ers fans told themselves, we're ready for the bumps and bruises. We want to we want to go through the development. Yeah. Y'all are not taking this well. And it's only game one. You know, like it, it's, it's not going well so far. So, again, a lot of those people said those things. But this is what you should expect going forward. What you also should expect is that Kyle Shanahan is going to be exponentially better going forward. Because in week one, wrote a long article on Niners Nation, SB Nation. Shout out. It's every single first week that he's had as either the offensive coordinator for Houston, Cleveland or Atlanta and the head coaching, uh, you know, the head coach of the 49ers. He's won a few, but he's lost more than he has. And it does. And the one thing that's always there is the offense comes out flat. Check. Penalties. Check. And the team doesn't respond when something happens. Check, check, and check. And it's starting to become more of a trend than anything. Now, having said that, it is only week one. And I'm going to reiterate what Rashad said. It's week one, but it's going to be better going forward because Kyle Shanahan still had guys running wide open. Trey Lance made the microcosm of how Trey Lance is going to develop are literally two plays. There's a throw in between three defenders that is an over route, close to the sideline that he layers right in there. Thing of beauty. Then there's a, the tunnel screen of Debo Samuel, and he throws it at his feet. That's what it's going to be. That's what it's going to be. And you'll get your deep shot like you did to Juwan Jennings. That'll happen. But one more stat that I'll throw out, you know, because it shouldn't be all panic land. I think the 49ers are going to be fine. I think Trey Lance is going to be fine because, the, you know, the coach gets guys open regularly. There's guys always running around open one way or another. When the 49ers, or, or Kyle Shanahan, I should say, have ever been successful in any way. It's been four seasons. Four seasons. RG3's first season, they were 26th in passing attempts for obvious reasons, right? RG3 and and Alfred Morris, they ran the ball very well, right? Okay. MVP season for Matt Ryan, they were 29th in passing attempts, and they were third in passing yards. Mm -hmm. 2019 for the 49ers, they made the Super Bowl, 29th in passing attempts. And fast forward to this past year, 29th in passing attempts. A lot of people have it in their head that they think, Kyle Shanahan wants to throw the ball down the field more. He does, but he doesn't want to throw the ball more. And, and that's what you're gonna get. Like, and I have predicted that this is actually gonna drop now with Trey Lance because you're gonna see some things where he moves out of the pocket and he's not gonna throw the ball. He can move his legs. They have some design runs. But this is just what it's gonna be. And I and, and I know 49er fans aren't listening, you know, but it's it's too hard to walk away. And, and it's so easy, so much easy content being thrown out there to just rip on Trey Lance. Like it, it's literally like, oh, he's trashed. That's it, and, and you're gonna get your clicks, you're gonna get your views. We're going to find out in two, three years what he really is. And I don't think that week one changed my mind either way of what I think he can be.
2: I think that the thing is, because now it sounds like your fan base is reminding me of what Bill's Mafia was. And it sounds like, um, you know, obviously, you know, we you go through the years of the EJ manuals and the Jeff tool and whoever, like I can, I literally can name 20 quarterbacks, Nate Peterman. You know, you go through these, these eras, I don't even want to call them that and fans start to you get jealous. You know, I used to, oh man, I used to, some of my closest friends are are Packers fans. And I used to be like, man, you can't say it on air, but you, y'all went from You know Brett Favre throwing the ball to Aaron Rodgers, man. And I used to be jealous, like why can't I get a quarterback that can throw it forty yards on a dime and on a rope, you know? Then then you watch a team like again, uh you know, Shah's team goes from Peyton Manning to to Andrew Luck, and it's like I'm living in Indianapolis, and it's like what the hell, man? Like I can't get an Andrew Luck in Buffalo. We get EJ Manuel. I remember a play, man, and I, I was just talking to somebody else about this. I forget either if it was on the show or just in chat, but. I remember a play where E.J. Manuel, like, threw the ball to Sammy Watkins. He was wide open in the end zone, and he overthrew – he caught it. It was a touchdown, but he overthrew him so bad that he sprained his MCL. Like, he he jacked his knee up on a touchdown play where he was wide open. That's what we had. So it sounds like 49ers fans are now like, we want a Josh Allen type dude. We want to see Patrick Mahomes right now. And it's like, look, y'all got a guy in Trey who doesn't play the quarterback position like everybody else. Even when he develops – well, yeah, I'm sorry, let me, cause, no, cause, you, let me get this one point off. You got it? Because it's like it. even before he – even when he develops into the guy, he's, I think he's going to be a star. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to play it in the traditional way that people play quarterback. And because of that, you're going to always have the naysayers that's going to say – well, Trey isn't this. Trey, I think he's going to be a star, man. So, like, you, I applaud you for sticking to saying, like, look, two, three years and I, nothing changed my mind from week one or last year. And the two games he started, nothing changed. Like, this kid is amazing. So, go ahead. I just wanted to get that off because no, it's crazy. That's what 49ers fans have done. They've kind of lashed themselves onto that. But I have warned them a
4: little bit about that because what Josh Allen is doing is otherworldly. And the 49ers don't need him to be Josh Allen. I think that the example that the Bills would provide is just the patience. Like, what if the Bills say after one, you know, one year, you know what, man? He's and throws. We got to get him out of here. We can't. No, you stick with him. And this is what you get. You get the fruits of your labor from that. He doesn't need to be Josh Allen for them to win Super Bowls. They're going to be well coached. They're going to have, they've got a loaded roster. But if I could say that he's anybody, like he might be a Donovan McNabb type. I think. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 a lot of people are going to hear that and say, oh, my God, you traded up to three and got Donovan McNabb. But when you factor in how Kyle Shanahan's offense is going to be, how they're going to be able to run the ball, if he can make timely throws and make some off script throws for him, the team's going to be fine. He doesn't need to be Josh Allen, but they need to follow the patience that the Bills showed with Josh Allen more than anything. Uh,
2: OK, I, I know, you know, your fan base that bothered me the way you said that, because like, I don't know, I just can't see. You know what? I'll move on. You What? You no, no, no. What? No, I mean look, Well, no, because just just the way for people for people to look at it that way. Like I just feel like, you know, dynamic McNabb is a he's an amazing player. Like, no, he didn't win a Super Bowl, but if they had an issue with that, and then and then I'll take it a step further. I'll take it a step further. The problem part of what your fan base I feel like is when you have a George Kittle or somebody else on an interview saying, "He reminds me of a Josh Allen." Stop saying that, man. I hate No, but I'm just saying him I know I know but I mean it's an issue because like yeah he may have certain certain elite traits that you see that's like Josh could do that but the the issue with that is it sets those expectations now from the fan base like oh we got a Josh Allen dude so now when you when he comes out week one and he's not throwing 400 yards through the rain it's like this isn't you know and then now there's a disappointment but Donovan McNabb led his team to the Super Bowl Donovan McNabb Okay, whatever. Finish go uh, finish the point. I no, just, you got like, it. That's no, crazy,
4: man. You got it. Look, they they shot themselves in the foot. Uh, obviously the weather was a factor. Justin Fields made plays on busted coverages and they penalized themselves over and over. They they extended drives five times on third down. Five times. I don't care if you're playing a high school team, I don't care if you're playing a college team. It is hard to win football games and I hate using that cliché cuz it sounds like, you know, older analysts like, you know, like, you know, hard to win football games when you don't Score points and run the ball like that type of thing. But it's true. Like you can't like do that over and over. So, yeah, it's a little bit of a trend, but not worried, man. I mean, uh, you know, the all the world we'll, beater Seattle Seahawks are next. So,
2: well, one more one more question about it, then, because I, I feel like because I feel like now we're probably going too long on your squad. But it's like I don't feel like it's too much, like even if he if he's a runner, say he's a runner for the rest of his career. I think one of the things that to me that's so unique about Lamar Jackson is the fact that yeah he can throw it. Yeah, he, he can be a good quarterback if he needs to be. But he's also a beast that the NFL really can't figure out. And I know they people want to say, oh, we figured him out. Nobody figured out Lamar Jackson. Oh. If he didn't get injured last year, they probably still would have made the playoffs and the Bengals wouldn't have made it. And the Bengals wouldn't have, uh, you get what I'm saying? Like they're a better that's- team than the Bengals. It just is what it is. So I, I don't know. I just look at all of that. And when people have an issue with the way the game is played from the quarterback position, when it's not, you, the only way you win is if you sit in the pocket. Well, that's not how Lamar won that year when he won MVP. That's not how um, I saw years where Vic was the most electrifying player in the league. Now we're talking Super Bowls. It's a difference. I get it, but I don't know. I feel like we're going to see a trend where things are going to be changing soon, where guys are going to have coaches like a Shanahan guys are going to have coaches like a Sean McDermott who, or who will give their players the freedom and know how to use their players in the right position. Let's move around. Let's talk about this. Uh, I want to get to my division real quick. This new England game versus the Miami dolphins. Either of you get a chance to watch or catch up on any of that. I saw a
3: part of it. I saw a good bit of it. I saw the new England's offense look terrible. I did see that.
2: That's what I want to talk about. Okay. (laughs) That's that's exactly (laughs) what I want to talk about. So (laughs) let me get your perspective of what you, so when you watch that offense, what do you think about Mac Jones led new England Patriots?
3: I think the, the, it was always going to have to be Mac Jones taking a step for that offense to be better after losing Josh McDaniels and, Going to Matt Patricia as as a play caller, uh, if if that's even who's calling the plays for sure over there, but but not bringing in a real offensive coordinator to replace Josh McDaniels, I knew it was going to be a lot of pressure on Mac Jones to take another step, and evaluating him as a player, I thought Mac Jones was pretty much who he he who he was last year. You know, I thought I think that's who he's going to be. You know, of course he's going to get a little smarter, he's going to be able to process a little bit quicker, but the arm talent is the arm talent. And the limitations is the limitations. You know, I don't think with those people around him, he's going to be able to produce at a higher level without elite play calling, without elite schemes, without an elite situation to drop him in. He's he's going to be minimalized. I, I just believe that.
2: It's just incredible to me because, you know, when you hear a Belichick coach team, it's like you, you obviously because of his years with Tom Brady, you just have this assumption that, the Patriots are always going to be the Patriots and like, you know, you get cam. Okay. We can still, hopefully cl- kind of make the playoffs. Then you get Mac Jones, you come and you make the playoffs. And it's like, yo, this kid can be good. And now it just looks like it just, it just looks ridiculous. And I saw my man, Sal, um, I'll get Jason's um, perspective on this while I'm looking this up. My man, Sal Capaccio uh, from WGR 550 in Buffalo, he, he posted a stat about Bill Belichick's coaching career um, prior to, during and after Tom Brady. And the thing is, I feel like we maybe have overly given Bill Belichick credit for Tom Brady's uh, offense and and the t- the way the team is. I do think he's a good. C- I'm not going to be that guy and now be like he's a, a horrible coach. I don't think that. But the way we like, it's like we immediately just was like, nah, he won all these Super Bowls with Tom Brady. He's the goat. It don't look like it. It don't look like it. I know the talent is is a huge talent gap between Brady and I get that, but I mean. I don't know, man. Like when you really look at his his record, it, it's a complete. It's just not good. It's not good.
4: The Josh McDaniels thing is is way more interesting than I think people want to talk about. I mean, because handing the keys over to Joe Judge and Matt Patricia, no disrespect to them, but you know, we saw some elite play calling from Joe Judge in New York uh, last year. Remember, third and fifteen on the on the seven on their side of the field, they ran a QB sneak. I mean, that's just that's the type of stuff that you can't like you can't find out in the streets. Here's the thing: what scares me a little bit more is I don't think that Bill Belichick is in is in control of the offensive personnel. What I mean by that is you didn't really upgrade the weapons. Now Kendrick Bourne is buried on the depth chart. He was probably their best receiver last year. You know, you're ready to trade Nelson Aguilar. You threw the bag at him as well, so You paid both those guys. So Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson, you know, obviously this offense wants to do things, get the ball out quickly, check it down. I think everybody knows Damian Harrison is the first early down guy, and Ramondre Stevenson would be the guy who is going to catch passes. No, 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 no. Damien Harris ran 15 uh, routes and Ramon Stevenson ran two. It's like, are, are you guys doing this right? Are you, are you handling your personnel right? Are you putting them in good spots? And how much does Bill have his hand in that offensive side? Because for me, from the outside looking in, if somebody can correct me, I would just say he just cares about the defense and all the little things about the team, like, you know, the, the coaching aspects, clock management, all those things. Just staying away from the offense, though, and handing it over to Joe Judge and Matt Patricia, scary business man it really is and 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 again their coaches i don't want to disrespect them at all i actually watched the coaching clinic with matt patricia i think he's a better coach than i think people gave him credit for he's just not a head coach right like he's not a head coach he's not a head coach like at all like he, that people have can be coaches in this league but not head coaches but to turn this over from josh McDaniels to these two guys and tell you that it's going to be one of these two guys calling plays like they're going to flip a coin and say all right joe go ahead call one all right now you call one where's the continuity going to come from? It has to be there has to be some sort of sequencing and what does this game plan look like? So yeah, week 1 was not good for them. By the way, Miami's pretty good too. Let's just say that.
2: Yeah, no, and we're going to talk about them. Um but but before, I, I, he's 71 and 80 and 151 career regular season games coach with someone other than Tom Brady as a starting quarterback. And it's just I mean, I get it. You 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 link up with with the GOAT and your you know, your your numbers are amazing. But, I mean, we might need to reevaluate the conversation of saying he's the greatest coach of all time. Uh, but let's, let's flip sides. Let's talk about that Miami Dolphins team. I still think that they're not going to be as good as the fans hope. And it, the reason being is because of Tua. Uh, he's still dink and dunk Tua. He's not. Um, the thing is, I don't wish injury on anybody. So I'm not saying this to say I think, it, you know, like, oh, this is over. I think what's going to end up happening is, though, Tariq Hill isn't going to be able to play the way he was playing in Kansas City. If you watched any of that game, you realize how physical he had to play in order to get every single yard that he got. It wasn't, um, he wasn't catching the ball with space and then running for 40 yards down the field. You know, he had a couple, you know, I'm not saying like there was none, but he had to one, he had to go and basically catch the interception out of the guy's hands. You know what I mean? He had another play. Very physical. I don't think that he's built to take on that Debo Samuel role. That's just me. Hmm. I and think that's how that- they played him. Right and I think that a lot of people
4: have fallen in love with that that portion right and even with Debo having eight carries because Elijah Mitchell is going to be out eight weeks I don't he's not going to be able to sustain that himself either and it's like you're paying him to be a part of the offense for the entire time but for the 49ers it's out of necessity with them I don't I don't necessarily think it's out it should be out of necessity I mean I think that they didn't run the ball as well as I thought they would because that's Mike McDaniel's thing is, is creating angles. And, and he's setting a new tone there, setting a culture there. I thought what he said after the game was really cool. I have a lot of respect and love for Mike McDaniel. We call him logic um, over here in 49ers land, but he's such a nice guy, man. He's always been nice. We we met him in India, the combine. And he was like, he's just like the nicest guy. But yeah, I think that it doesn't have to be that it, it has to be what, what they're doing. They're going to play good defense. Like you saw, they're going to run the ball. He's going to try to duplicate what the 49ers have kind of done, you know, while he was there. So I think that you're right, but I don't like that everybody's trying to just find Debo Samuel's now, or like, or like try to utilize guys like that because now you're just right. asking to to put your best players in harm's way. Even if and even I don't want them to do that with Debo Samuel at times.
2: Well, I mean, it's, a like you're right. You don't want them to do it with him at times, and you like now you just want to kind of create these guys that to do it, but it's like. Not everybody's built like Debo. Like, and I don't even necessarily just mean physically. Not everybody is Debo. Like there's a certain skill set that that man has that is not even just about his muscles. Like the dude is he's special. Debo's special. Um I don't know, man. I don't know. We don't have to stay too much on him because I could care less really about the division. It's ours. It's ours. I, uh, I trust, I trust, I trust Mike McDaniels to be able to figure out, especially a run portion of that offense, I like you him. know, with
3: his history. Uh I just think with Tua, though, again, the the ceiling of that offense is is limited. You know, I speak so much about having one of those guys. Like I think I, I didn't get a chance to say anything about Trey Lance, but I think Trey Lance definitely has everything it takes to become one of those guys. But the 49ers does have to wait it out. You know, they have to be patient with him, have to see the process through. Uh, people is calling Josh Allen all kind of names after his first two seasons in Buffalo. It's and and look, look what he developed into, you know, a bona fide superstar. I think Trey Lance has that same type of ability. But he has to put the work in. It has to be a development process. And first-year quarterbacks under Kyle Shanahan, they, they don't do the greatest. I mean, you know, it's, it's a real offense that you have to get accustomed to running. It took Matt Ryan a year. He, he looked rough his first season under Shanahan. Look what he did his second year. He was an MVP. It's all. It just takes time, man. It just takes time. I promise you, having one of those dudes is, is worth it. And and I, I I sidetracked talking about Trey Lance being one of those dudes because two I love is it. not because two is not one of those dudes in my opinion. Yeah. So you know that's what I think. I I, I think that <laughs> offense is going to rely on a lot of uh, quick game and getting ball in Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill's hands and, and hoping they have a lot of yak opportunities. But I think they have to find a way to To have a role for Mike Gisecki if they don't it's a waste of a weapon uh, uh, Mike McDaniels is more than capable enough of creating a way to use him I, I think it's just literally wasting a guy having him sitting on the bench
2: but you know what to your one point um I, I will say and I'll say this to Dolphins fans I'll say this to whoever if the Miami Dolphins had Trey Lance I would be more concerned way oh, yeah. more concerned yeah I'm not worried about Tua. They can, Look, they have a lot of talent on that team. Tight ends, wide receivers, running backs, offensive line, defensive line. Like, there's talent up and down that roster. Until Tua shows me that he can, he can win a game, I'm not worried about them boys. So let's move on. We had a couple games that I did want to touch on before we go. We got about 10 minutes, not even the full 10 minutes left. We're going to get out about three to five minutes early. My man Jason has a dope podcast. So if you um, are – is it live tonight or are you pre recording? No, it's live. Yeah, it's going to be live yeah. on my YouTube channel. Yeah, appreciate you, so, man. So if, if you all um, want to get out of here once we once we end this and, and head over and, and check him out, and then I'll, I'll also let Shad plug his here in a moment, um, check these guys out. Go follow them on Twitter. Follow them on Instagram. They have amazing content. Like, I, I don't... If you're listening, you know I don't I don't really push people unless I believe that they're solid. So these are my guys and I mean that. So, let's talk real quick about the game last night. At the top of the show, we talked a little bit about how Russell Wilson went back and lost to the Seattle Seahawks and that's just not something that should happen. I don't blame him though, and I'll tell you why. There were two possessions where um however it happened and why they happened, he got his team down to the goal line and their running backs fumbled the ball Oh, uh, the, the Oh,
4: all right. So they ran the ball these times at the one, and they fumbled <laughs> instead of – Oh, so <laughs> I, I, yeah, I had to get that shot in there. Yeah. I had to. Could have, could have, I'll, I'll, I'll pun it intended there. i
2: We're going to take that one. But, but the thing is – But you can't tell me if those, super, those two possessions didn't end with fumbles on the one yard or in the end zone. Like, nobody would be talking about Russell Wilson as a failure. And then even, you know, four and fifth, I want my – fourth and fifth, I want my coach to be like, yo, go make that happen. You can't. Now, also, if I'm Russ, if I'm Russ, I'm more like Josh Allen, like, nah, coach. I mean, that's me. I'm waving you off. You're not you're not telling me if I'm your what is he a two hundred and sixty million dollar guy now or something like that. I'm 242. your forty two million dollar guy. There's no way you're telling me you're going to let a guy come in and, and, and attempt the second longest field goal in history as opposed to letting me win this game for you. You can kiss my entire ass, coach. Sorry, yeah. SB Nation. Y'all, I forgive, forgive me for that. i edited edit that out on the pod. Sorry. Yeah. Y'all can kiss the entire ass. Uh,
4: and, you know, Nathaniel Hackett, you know, he went, to the, he went to the podium and said, yeah, you know, we probably should have went for it. Thanks. Cool. Real cool. It's right. like two hundred and two hundred and forty two million dollars just to get Probably. your kicker in position. Yeah. Well, you know, in hindsight, yeah, everything's good in hindsight. But at the same time, again, if you got this guy here to change your culture to, to be a franchise guy, put it in his hands, man. Like, you know, you still it's five, fourth and five horrible clock clock management at the end, like didn't even take a timeout to talk about it. They, they waste 30 seconds getting up to the line, then call a timeout. Horrible. If you're going to do that, then just might as well just go and let the play happen right there at that point. But, yeah, it, it, um, it's obviously the fumbles. Shout out to Geno Smith, man. I, I, I give him a lot of props for, for yeah. playing well, man. Like, he's been waiting for his time for a long time. He's uh, had some unfortunate things happen in his career. So, shout out to him. But um, really happy for Javante Williams. Um, had a really good game. Yeah, and game. Uh, Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's just one of those games. Again, you clean that up. But Nathaniel Hackett is the one that kind of has to bear the brunt of that. But, yeah, you can't win games when you're fumbling the ball at the one.
2: Yeah. And, and like I said, I don't, I don't blame uh, Russ. I think they're going to be fine. I think they're absolutely going to be fine. Before I swing it to shot, I know, Jason, like I said, you got to get on out of here. Why don't you go ahead and plug your show, plug, plug your network, let everybody know where they can find you and what you got coming up and, and good luck this season, man. I appreciate
4: you, man, and I. I feel terrible that I have to go, man. But this little one, I don't know. You probably heard a yelling in the background, That's man. I gotta, I gotta get this done, man. Like, um, but uh, you know, yeah. You can follow me, Jason Aponte two one zero three on Twitter. Um, Jason Aponte on YouTube is where you'll find my content. But yeah, Niners Nation and and uh, Niners Nation podcast is where you'll find uh, all my other stuff. A lot of work going on right now, but just happy to be a part of the team now. And you know. Thank you again for for your kind words as always, bro. It's all love and and I feel the same way about you and your content, Rashad. Very nice to meet you, my man. I I, I yeah, wish yeah, we would have man. met up in, in Vegas as well too. And hey, uh, and hey, I'll see you at the combine, man. Let's yeah, link it the I'll combine, man. Yeah, there you go. Let's link at the combine. So let's do it, man.
2: Hey, man. What's up? Appreciate you, Jason. All right, man. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, go follow my man Jason DePonte with Niners Nation. He does the damn thing. I'm going to tell you now, shot. Let's let's um. He he talked a little bit about the coaching and all that stuff. Let's let's talk on the flip side now. He he mentioned our guy Geno Smith. Now Geno Smith was a second round pick for the New York Jets when Rex Ryan was coaching, and you know that was the year of EJ Manuel for us and all that stuff. And he just didn't look like the guy. He's been a good backup out there in Seattle, and now it just looks he came out, man. He was looking like he looked like a good quarterback. You know, he started the game off. I think it was like what twelve for fourteen or something like that. Yeah. And so, what are your thoughts on how uh, Seattle season may? unfold you know i know it's way too early week one but you know yeah. judging from last night what do you or from monday night uh, what do you look at when you look at this team
3: i think geno smith pretty much validated seattle's claim of not going out and, and get a quarterback you know everybody was looking mm-hmm. at seattle before the season this off season saying what are they doing they're letting this guy go they're not sending anything they're not pursuing baker enough you know they're not making any moves and p Carroll stood firm on saying it were fine with geno smith and drew lock having a quarterback competition. I thought it was BS, but maybe it was on to something. You know, Geno Smith beat Drew Lockout fair and square. He 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 looked poised, man. He looked poised. He looked comfortable in the pocket. That's something I haven't seen from him in a long time. I was a big fan of him coming out of West Virginia, bro. And I thought sky was the limit for him. He's finally starting to look like that guy, you know, that we saw in college that just had the sky-high ceiling. Now, I know at this point in time, he's pretty much just a placeholder until Seattle gets whoever they're looking for. But you never know, man. Maybe he can solidify himself as one of those top backups in the league that that stays around for a long time, man. Because this Seattle offense as a whole has some pieces. But as a whole, the offensive line, I just don't think they're going to hold up. You know, that was the re- one of the reasons Russ – was was mm-hmm. requesting out of that place in the first place. I think the skill position players are good. I love Lockett. You know, I like Metcalf, Rashard Penny. You know, they have talent on the roster. And, and they, they added chose, Noah Fant. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. they added Noah Flan. And, and, and they chose to go to almost the re- the reload route instead of rebuilding. They could have just tore it all down after the rust straight. And, and that's what I was expecting. But it seems like they want to hold on to some of those guys, man. I, I, I heard they were shopping Lockett this offseason. Nothing came Hame of it so they decide to hold on to them, and they're loaded if they can just drop a quarterback into that situation and patch a couple of pieces along the offensive lineup they they, they can be something serious man
2: okay all right I, I mean i i'm i'm hoping that they can just for Gino's sake like i like again I, right. I i root for guys that have a tough time throughout their careers and they don't look as good as you know so yeah no i'm absolutely rooting for those guys i hope that they can do something in that division. I know Jason wouldn't want me to hear want to hear me say that. So I'm glad he's gone already. Cause you know, them 49ers, they don't they don't fool with them Seahawks. But so look, let's get on out of here, man. Let why don't you plug your show, plug your network, let us know what you got coming up, anything that you want us to check out in the articles or anything, and then uh we'll get on out of here. Uh yes, man. Stampede Blue, the official coats site for SB
3: Nation. Uh just just signed the contract with those guys uh two weeks ago. Just did my first article that that should be out tomorrow. Just hey. recorded the first episode of the podcast that that dropped today. The Saddle Up Show with Shy and my co-host Dustin. You know, man, uh, Stampede Blue, man. If you're looking on any podcasting site, any place you get your podcast from, just go to, uh, type in Stampede Blue. You'll see the Saddle Up Show with Shy and Dustin. Uh Visit Stampede Blue, www.stampedeblue.com, man. And I'm just so humbled to be up here with my guy, Jay Spence. Met him at the draft and and been a big fan of his ever since, man.
2: Well, I appreciate you. You, I I knew who you were prior, and I've been a fan of your work, and uh, I meant it when I said it to you. Um, Anything, Any way I can help support you and, and your team over there, man, just reach out, let me know. Is always a pl- – I mean, always. We enjoyed ourselves at the draft. I can't tell y'all everything that happened at the draft. I was but we about enjoyed to say, stuff. man. Hey, hey man. <laughs>
3: Hopefully I see you either at the Senior Bowl, Combine, or at the draft. I'm going to be at all three, up. so let's get it. I'll, I'll be there. At all three. I'm- okay.
2: Yeah. And especially especially the combine, because I got to get back to Indy. You know, like I said, it was my second home for, for mm-hmm. a few years. So I got to get back and see some family out there. So um, used to be over in that Keystone area. So got to show some love to my people over there. man. Uh, so, look, you all know how we do it over here with Buffalo. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Before I go before I go see, I'm slacking. I'm slipping today. Buffalo this weekend. It is the week like it is here. We have the karaoke party this Friday night, this Friday night at 8 p.m. It is the official Bill's Mafia karaoke night. We're going to be partying. I'm going to be singing. Joe going to be singing. I'm going to be rapping more so than singing. But all these, uh, everything that we make that night is going to the Good Samaritan Church in honor, in honor and memory of my Aunt Pearl. Please, please, please get your tickets. Um, there's still a few left. It's not a ton, but there's a few left. Um, if you didn't get a chance to get the raffle, go ahead and jump on this raffle. We're giving away a lot of good stuff. I can't even go through all of them because there's so much stuff to give away. So do that. And then the next night, Saturday night. Join us at Resurgence. I posted the video earlier of the beer. Y'all saw us getting packaged together. We are re-releasing the Buffalo Rumblings beer Saturday night, 7 p.m. 8 p.m. will be the live pod with Joe Miller and a bunch of your favorite other podcasters. I think Tia Stell is going to be in the building. I think Sterling is going to be in the building. I think, you know, I'm not even going to tell you. This is going to be a lot of people that's going to be there that y'all want to absolutely get there for. And then lastly, shout out to my man Dan Freddy. I didn't get a chance to play the, the read today. Call my man Dan Freddy. He has the best barbecue in town and he has the best... Like he, he you will need a bounce house for a party, give my man a call love y'all take care of each other, love each other and live in peace and as always stay positive test negative go bills Code
3: of conduct.